We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks. All right, everybody's live show for this week. So tonight we got myself, Mike he him from the Turnlets Podcast, and Ward he him from the Turnlets Podcast, Nicky him from the Intervention Podcast, Rick he him from Decolonized Buffalo, and we got Jared he him from Australia. Just our comrade from the Discord that we like hanging out with. <laughs> <laughs> that is enough of a qualification. I don't, you should not be self conscious about it. It's fine. But uh, before we just got started, uh, you were asking about what the temperature is like here, and I just wanted to comment on that really quick because it is like seventy to seventy five in this part of the country in the Northeast. And it's like November sixth today, and that's twenty four C. What's the <laughs> what's the equivalent of like the beginning of fall for you guys over in Australia? Like, what month is that? Oh, um, j- j- uh, June is the start of winter, so whatever's okay. before June. Yeah, so May. So yeah, so imagine it being like twenty six <laughs> or whatever it was in May, and I, I've just noticed that out in public, even just random people are commenting on how they're enjoying it. But they do it with this weird face where they know it's a foreboding of some bad things to come because of this extreme weather. Like people are saying, like, "Oh yeah, it's kind of nice," but uh, I don't know. Like, and it's weird hearing just like even randomly apolitical conversations taking place like that. Have you guys noticed that yeah, at they, all? Yeah, absolutely. You guys, um, you Americans, have no idea what's coming. I'll tell you what. We fucking we had a we had a summer in 2019 with 45 degree heat waves every fucking week. We would have a 45 degree day or a group of 45 degree days. We had our entire, that entire summer, the temperature didn't drop below like 30. I don't know what 45 degrees in Fahrenheit is, but it's like, it's probably like 100, 120, something like yeah, that. It's gotta be hot. It's gotta be very up there. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. but like the Mississippi River here is like drying up. It is at the lowest it's been in like decades, if not ever. Right. And then Lake Mead, which is a reservoir that, feeds water to like the las vegas area and everything is extremely dangerously low so i mean i don't know just to your point i think people are seeing this stuff it's just like oh uh-huh, that weird you know kind of nervous conversation where you don't get to any solutions about it you just comment on it and oh, it's like it's not bad to be outside in a cutoff in november i guess when you're yeah. usually starting to bundle up but i mean it forebodes some really bad shit yeah, it's it's ominous, and I am seeing a lot of people just making those similar comments, talking about firing up the grill, but then at the same time being like, yeah, but we're just going to get some cold weather, and this is just weird, this has got to be a fluke, right? Like, they're always making some kind of comment about it, but I think you're getting at something important, Nick, just how everybody is commenting on it with that inability to actually address it. And I'm going to segue that into what I wanted to be our first topic, which is just voting and electoralism. And I think just using climate change as an example, it's like, my stance is just don't fucking vote and make it known that you're not voting because neither party is addressing anything to the degree that it needs to be addressed. And to tackle the climate change thing, it's like, I think the Democrats, even being the party that is ostensibly better on climate change, actually does a disservice to it because they may say with their rhetoric that they agree that climate change is real and it's severe and it's a like a drastic issue facing our entire population. And then in practice, they will do absolutely nothing about it. And if you vote for these people, you are endorsing them and you are giving your only input that you have into the system and saying that what they are doing is permissible and they can keep getting your vote by doing that, just by being not the other party. And I think it would be much more useful to protest and not vote and make it known that you're, you're doing that so that they actually have some reason to change because as it stands, if you just keep voting for the lesser of two evils, 
they have no reason to cater to you whatsoever. Yeah. And I, th- but I think the point about like making it known is important and tied into that is the need to organize. Right. So even if you do decide to go out and vote, like you can't let that, you know, that's a, a point that I think we all make all the time, right? Like, even if you do go out and decide to throw your vote in, like you can't just go back to sleep, right? You need to go join a party, go join some political organization, right? So you as you, you as part of a group can make that statement to say, hey, we're not going to support you anymore because I'm turning my support over here, right? Like that that's that's the other part of this now, right? Like you need to be able to get in with somebody that's actually putting working class candidates on the ballot somewhere, right? Because then I could go feel good about that. And again, it's like the same, it's a tactic that, you know, comes from Lenin. It's not just something that we're all pulling out of the air, right? Like you can participate in bourgeois elections, right? But you need to use it to kind of highlight the contradictions within the parties, right? Highlight hypocrisy, right? Like show that you can support somebody, even if they're not going to win within this system, but just generate support for working class issues, stances, you know, that are important to us, you know, people that would actually support climate change and get their, you know, support efforts to fight climate change as an example, right? And get their message out there. Again, you can do that to radicalize people even if you're not going to win, even if the end goal isn't for them to kind of just fall into operating within the system as it exists now, right? Yeah, that's a very important part to that. And that's what I catch shit for a lot is when I say this online, people say, well, voting and direct action or organizing are not mutually exclusive. And I say that they kind of are because, and I could just be making this up, but it seems to me that when people vote, they feel pacified. They feel like they've taken part in something and they've done something meaningful and therefore they may not do direct action or do some kind of organizing. And I feel like if people just felt the actual uselessness of their input on the electoral system, they might be spurred into more direct action and they might put their energy and their time into things that actually are meaningful. Um, but yeah, it just kind of acts as a palliative in that way. And mm-hmm. I remember, go ahead, Jared. I remember back in like 2016 and 2020, when a lot of, uh, I heard, I heard through like various podcasts and stuff and saw on the news that a lot of young people um, and a lot of po- sort of politically engaged people were getting involved with like canvassing for like Bernie Sanders or whatever and door knocking and stuff like that and, and manning the phones and getting donations and stuff like that. And it's like, that is so much time and energy being put into uh, like an election campaign and then they're just going to rat fuck him anyway. So it's like, what is the, <laughs> like, what, what, what is the point of like all that effort you could have put into doing something, uh, anything else? Uh, you could have sat home and played video games, and it would have been more productive than that. <laughs> like, yeah, honestly, like, yeah. The best argument we hear from people is like, oh, it's like political triage or like, you know, um, damage control. Yeah, harm reduction, damage control, and it's like. When the Dems are fucking actively escalating nuclear tensions with Russia and like most Republicans are like, yeah, we'll stop fucking funding Ukraine if we can. I mean, it's hard to keep pushing the fucking harm reduction argument. It falls flat on his face. I mean, not to mention that. I'm not saying like, go vote Republican, but fuck. Like, (laughs) well, no, of course not. I mean, I'm just saying don't fucking vote at all. Like, just don't vote for either fascist fucking capitalist party because they both are. It's like, What's up, Brandon? Protest. Fucking prepare your communities for climate class and fucking destabilization. I was watching a snippet of uh, just some mainstream media the other day. And uh, I guess it was, so it was Chuck Todd. And he was talking to somebody who's a a senator or congressman. 
and he was asking the guy, what does a good Tuesday look like for Democrats? Like, what is and it's just funny how this is blatantly like a Democrat think uh, like fan base, basically, like this media channel that in the same way that Fox News obviously is for Republicans. But so he asked him, what's a good night look like on Tuesday night for the Democrats? And he just flat out said, like, maintaining what we have, like holding on to the seats that we have, like not losing the two houses that they're worried about losing. And that Democrat, I mean, the Republicans are very confident that they are going to gain. And even the host was saying to this congressman, like, by all the stats, by everything going about the rate of satisfaction with Biden, how people, how confident people feel about the economy, people's satisfaction with the job score of the president, whatever that is. And he's like, typically in these situations at this, this and this juncture in the past, um, this has resulted in losing both of these houses that you guys are pretty much guaranteed to lose. And then the congressman's just like, basically like, oh, well, I hope that uh, we won't and blah, 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 just being positive about it. And like basically just trying to get across the point that people have to take seriously things like Roe v. Wade and that the Democrats are going to like enshrine that into law and, and uh, what is it, also securing your elections, like uh, being able to vote and everything. The two things that they're platforming, that they're running on this whole election cycle. And it's like your best case scenario, your best pitch is that you maintain the power that you already have and you are already not using that to enshrine these two things into law, which if you were able to do that, you'd be able to do it right now. And it's like that to me just screams that this is the least important election of our entire lifetimes, not the most important. It's like if they're in there right now and they're not going to do it, what damage control are you doing by voting for Democrats and getting them back in? They have made it clear that they do not do the things you need them to do when they have the ability to do them. Like you can't even make the case for damage control anymore. Yeah, they'd yeah, be more, more inclined enough. to go out for, you know, to go out and support them. Not that I would, but like if Biden fucking, you know, enshrined Roe into law, like right fucking now, if he proved that he could actually do something, because I'm sure they could find a way, you know what I mean? Yeah, they could they wanted you know, to. Yeah, if they wanted to, but they don't want to, which is why they're not going to do it, you know, even if they get 50 again, right? Even Ooh. if they maintain where they're at, like you're saying. But I would be more inclined if he actually showed, hey, you know what? I'm for real this time, Jack, you know? Yeah, but no more malarkey. I don't know. Right. I don't know if he, like, I'm not even sure. Not that this is the reason why he's doing it. Obviously, he's not doing it because it's not impossible to do it. He's doing it because he doesn't give a shit and it's part mm-hmm. of the agenda to, to not do this. Um, but I have, a, I have like, a feeling, and I'd have nothing to base this off, really, but, like, as if he did hypothetically enshrine something like Roe versus Wade into law or anything else that the Supreme Court would find some way to just strike it down because it's I don't know it just feel, it just feels to me like because the Supreme Court's got that massive conservative majority they can yeah. just de- de- destroy any legislation including if they tried to codify it and I wonder I do wonder if the reason they didn't codify it is because of well obviously it's because they don't care but also would it just get struck down somehow? Would they just find some constitutional reason to, um, to do that? No, they um, had chances before. Yeah, it would. I know they it, had chances. It, like, before, I won't say that that doesn't matter, but it would still be encouraging to see them try to do anything. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I personally see the best case scenario for the Democrats in the upcoming election is for them to lose their like House. And Senate majorities, because then that they can go back to the position of like, we need all your help because right now we're powerless. Because they play the powerless card regardless of how one. powerful they are. But at least they don't look so foolish when they do it, and they're actually like the House and, and Senate mi- minority. I won't lie to you. 
things are looking bad, but you can help with a $15 donation in the next 10 minutes. <laughs> oh my God. My husband's <laughs> being beaten to death with a hammer. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. I was about to make such a good joke. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. I, I will lie to you. Things are looking bad, but with just one plane ticket to San Francisco and a hammer, you two can make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, my overall point would be to all the liberals who still want to tout voting as something you can do, but then also do the direct action, also do the organizing, and it's something that takes very little of your time. Just try to imagine what you would do if you knew for certain that your vote absolutely did not matter. Because I guarantee you, we could pull up some stats to prove that it is already worse than that. That your vote already is even more meaningless than you already think that it is. And I just want liberals to get past that point. Like... I don't I just don't even buy that this particular election is a unique threat to democracy the way that they are pitching it. You know what I mean? Because they've had Biden in office for about two years now. They've had, you know, the majority that they have. So they could have addressed it. They could have done, again, something meaningful in that time to do it. And it seems like they didn't either because it's a fake emergency or it's, you know, not enough of an emergency that it was useful to them to leave it so they could use it as this pitch for this midterm election. And so I just don't buy it. I don't buy it whatsoever. And I think that even if it was the case that the Republicans winning this election handedly will result in no more democracy in this country, uh, I would say fucking get to that point already mentally in your head, liberals. Just like absorb that reality because that has already been the case for a long time and you just have been ignoring it thus far. So that's all. What democracy is there to save? I mean, dude, that's what I mean. And also, it's like, I, I, I think that a lot of the Democratic base, I know a lot of the Democratic base is working class, but a good push. I know middle class isn't like a real thing, but a lot of people in America are probably pretty comfortable and the gradual decline that's happening um, as time goes on doesn't affect them as much as it affects like the working class. And I think a large portion of the Democrats, like voting bases like middle class kind of people who you know these sorts of things don't actually affect them as much because i think if you if you earn over like 80,000 US dollars a year or whatever you're insulated from a lot of what's going on yeah so i think that's what ultimately what it comes down to is you will still believe in electoralism if you earn over a certain amount of money because it's like it doesn't subconsciously they must know it doesn't matter but at the same time whoever's in power no matter what bad things get passed, it's not going to affect you because you have enough money to insulate yourself from basically all those policies. You can, if you want, buy a plane ticket to go get an abortion in another state if you earn over like $80,000 a year, for example. Like, well, I mean, it's just, you know, to the point about how they're both parties of imperialism. I mean, you're talking about, you know, whatever you want to call it, the middle class or the upper strata of the working class, because these people aren't capitalists either, right? But, you know, it's the labor aristocracy. It's the part of the working class that's been bought off by imperialism, right? And imperialism goes on no matter who's in power, right? So as long as they can keep getting their treats and goodies and their, you know, suburban homes. And I say this as someone that lives like I'm very self-aware about where I'm speaking about right now. You know what I mean? I just found class consciousness you know what i mean but yeah yeah i mean i don't think personally most of us need to even espouse the politics that we do but i mean i will say that electoralism is useful for one thing and one thing only which is entertainment at this point 
And I would like to use that as a segue to talk about what you brought tonight, Nick, but I want to see if uh, you have anything before I do, Jared. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll just uh, reedify uh, that point that I made earlier before we started recording. Um, that was like, you know, so like, uh, I've had this discussion with a few people about electoralism and people have been like, well, you know, the federal elections are bullshit, obviously state elections are kind of bullshit as well. Cause we have federal and state elections like you guys, um, you guys have councils as well, I'm guessing, which is like local elections, similar kind of thing. Councils. Yeah, so nobody really local. pays much attention to them except for the QAnon Republicans now. I've noticed in Australia that we've sort of talked about local elections and state elections as if they're more important and i'm it's, it seems to be the same in america because a lot of people have said that to me and they're like you need to focus on local elections but then at the end of the day it's like I, i've done that i've helped local people get elected and at the end of the day what ends up happening and you know the australian communist party uh, sorry the communist party of australia um the only time they ever won an election was in a local ca council in like melbourne which is our most progressive melbourne's like our California or um, New York is the best way of thinking mm. of that. Um, Victoria is the state. Melbourne is the capital city. Anyway, the only place they ever won was in a local council in Melbourne, um, uh, Victoria, somewhere in Victoria. I forget which city. It might have been Melbourne or Geelong or something. Anyway, so they that was the only time they won. But it's like at the same time, and like a lot of our like left wing smaller parties do get into positions in those local councils but at the end of the day that never transfers upwards into state elections it never transfers upwards into federal elections and they they make the important decisions that actually matter people in fucking local councils what are they in charge of when the fucking bins get taken out like i don't know if we're gonna usher in uh we're gonna usher in a great uh revolution through having the bins taken out twice a week versus once a week um, although I fully support anyone who says they're going to take the bins out twice a week. Uh, that's just me, though. Anyway, it's like, it, do, it just doesn't make any fucking sense because they have no power. Like, the guy I helped get elected, you know what his great legislative achievement was? He put a crossing, because he was a gay guy, right? He put a crossing in the middle of our town square, like a, like a pedestrian crossing, but instead of, like, the black and white lines, it was, uh, it was rainbow, like, LGBT rainbow. Damn, dude. Um, and it's like since then the entire means of production has changed in australia <laughs> <laughs> the work Would is on the means of production i'm always on the fence about this so y'all can like shit all over me for what i'm about to say it's cool i get it um i think that there you're not going to achieve anything revolutionary on any level of of government but i i still do think that it's i i don't i don't know who all locally is running um, and I'm going to look up the ballot and I'm going to see if there's anybody worth giving a fuck about. And I might go because, uh, Nick, are you familiar with Mick Pap uh, Mick Pappas or Pappas? No. Mm -mm. Um, I don't know what vein of left he is, but he's a socialist. Um, and he, I think he's still a judge in Allegheny County. Um, he ran, was elected and has reduced evictions by something like 40 to 50%. Um, now, no, that is not going to change a lot of like anything for anybody, but there's a handful of people who didn't get evicted. And I am very much pro, uh, reducing the amount of misery that people have to go through just to exist. Uh, I often wonder, like, is that misery necessary to like propel us forward, which, you know, just accelerationism, 
but it's it's genuinely hard for me to want to see somebody suffer. And sometimes you can like give enough of a shit that somebody can help. Well, I mean, I think that's, you know, you make a good point because I think there's a difference between like walking in and voting blue no matter who as if that's your duty and taking a good look at like someone like a district magistrate who's actually a bona fide, you know, maybe socialist, libertarian socialist, whatever. I mean, I'm sure there's not going to be any like real communists on the ballot. But I mean, if you could make that, you know, if you can discern that, then you know, maybe maybe it is worth it in a scenario like that where you can prevent somebody from getting thrown out of the, you know, getting thrown out in the street in the winter, you know? Yeah. Rick, you had something? Uh, I, oh. oh, sorry, Brandon. Yeah, I think, you know, we have to, um, as a communist, we always talk about organizing, you know, and for us to just say like, oh, the, the government is like, and I'm kind of, you know, playing the, the devil's advocate here. But <clears throat> I think... Um, you know, us saying like, oh, you know, we know the government's bullshit, which, you know, it is. And the government will only move so far to the left, you know. Uh, but I think, you know, if if we just go total hands off the government and participating in, in elections, I mean, it's just going to, the government is just going to move really fast to the right. <laughs> this, this is my own opinion, you know. And I think um, even though we talk about damage control, but I think there is, there has to be some kind of damage control. And there has to be some kind of, um, I mean, in politics, there's many levels of politics. It's not just, you know, organizations, but we can't say we're going to be organized and then not and not be organized politically to say, hey, you know, we're, we're organized, but we're not participating in any way in this bourgeois government. I think it's, it's a little bit disingenuous, right? I mean, yeah, I you mean, just say we're not, you know, we're not going to vote at all. We're not going to, because what if, what if something, you know, we have like, people's rights on the line or, you know, or, you know, certain laws that get passed that are becomes, because, you know, people, people that vote the most or, or, or right now, or like the right wing fascist, you know, that, like that green lady, I don't know her whole name. Right. No, she, Taylor green. Yeah. She's just like a nut out there. So I think, uh, I mean, how do we stop her? I mean, if we don't, we, we all say hands off, of course the right wing nuts are going to, want to put their candidates in power i don't know just i'm just throwing that out there yeah i mean you make a lot of good points and i think you're you're right like people should definitely not be hands-off i would actually advocate that people should be much more hands-on which yeah, is the why things i'd shouldn't... advocate for i can't say on here yeah well i mean <laughs> I just that's why i like... kept it to like preparing your communities i did say before we started recording and that's why brandon you didn't hear it earlier but if you do think that you can affect politics at the local level and there is something that is so dire, like there is some kind of fascist running on a platform of materially harming trans people or black people or somebody like some marginalized group because that is their thing that they're running on. And you think you can make a difference with your one vote in your local election, then I would say absolutely do that. But I think there's just no scenario in which you can't make more of a difference by materially doing something direct. And again, I just have to go back to judging by Democrats' record. It's like I just don't know if I even trust that local politician at that level to then enact what they say they're going to enact if they get elected and prevent the harm from coming to these people that you're trying to prevent it from coming to. But uh, I wanted to go with you, Brandon. What you got? Oh, uh, just th this is kind of just a f funny little asterisk on on the whole like socialist judge thing. He was allowed to appoint a constable who was kind of in charge of evictions. And so he uh, appointed my friend who is actually like a Marxist Leninist as a constable 
And the dude lasted, like, they had a huge falling out over it because he lasted, like, I don't even think a full year because he said it was so soul-crushing. Because things yeah. that were supposed to, an eviction that was supposed to take him 30 minutes or an hour took him a whole day because he's, like, he literally told me a story of, of showing up four kids at the house with no adults, and he had to evict them. And so he was supposed to just throw them out on the street, and he actually, like, gets them to help him contact, like, family and friends so that he can, like, find a place for them to go. He contacts, like, the parents. Like, you know, because this was obviously not a well-to-do family. They were being evicted. Like, yeah, they were at work. And, yep. you know, the oldest... Yeah, it, it crushed him. It, it's, it was interesting to see, like, a, a, a leftist trying to engage in the system that way because I've, I've never seen someone's mental health deteriorate so fucking fast as being a caring person that had to evict families for a living. But, uh, yeah. you know, the, the judge was correct. He did minimize harm to a lot of these people by appointing someone who cared. I don't know where the balance is there, but it's it's something. It's interesting because there's like a you can see it with that example that you just gave why good people don't gravitate towards careers in those areas or become police. For example, I know he's a constable or whatever. Or... It's it's kind of a cop, but it's not really a cop. It's yeah, a really get, fucking weird position. Yeah, I get I get what you mean, but you can see, sort of see why it's like he's an example of like a good, objectively like good person who's trying to do his best, trying to get into that institution to do that, and he achieved a lot of good, but it was obviously very soul crushing for him. And you can see why, it just in generally speaking, outside of this specific example, the only people who are drawn to those sorts of careers are like pieces of shit with no fucking empathy for other people. Absolutely none. Because yeah. if you send any other f constable or cop in that situation, they would have no problem just throwing those kids out in the street because um, they're just pieces I mean, of shit. To, to Nick's point earlier, you were mentioning how Lenin said that we should use the bourgeois elections to point out the contradictions and heighten them, show the hypocrisy. It's like, I feel like you'd be better off using these elections as an opportunity to vote for the Marxist-Leninist candidate, however slim of a chance they stand of winning, and then even if they don't, then point out like the obvious ways that they were rat-fucked in that election, even at the local level, and point out that you had somebody who was trying to meaningfully address some problem in your community, and that they got screwed out of it by the fucking boat dealership owners or something. Because that's, I guarantee that is happening somewhere in some yeah. form, and people could be using that opportunity to show that, to get people to the next level of thinking, which is to understand that we already don't live in a democracy, and you... You just need to deal with it at that level before you worry about whether the voting matters much or not. But what's yeah. up, Lincoln? How's it going? Uh, can you guys hear me better? Yeah, we can hear you. You sound pretty yep. good. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, good. I think we got uh, Brandon and Nick both had something. Well, I mean, like to that point, right? Like Pennsylvania's got this potential legislation coming down the pike. It's like SB 106, and it involves, you know, abortion rights and other things as well, you know? And the tack that we're taking in terms of organizing is not to ignore it, but to educate people about it and to be like, look, this is what the right wants to do. This is part of their project. And it's not unique to Pennsylvania that they've been doing it. They've been attacking like state legislatures. Absolutely. Over, you know, it's been a long term thing. And, you know, the unfortunate reality is, is that the Democrats have just aided and embedded it and they're not the tool to stop that. Right. But you can still take these aspects that you know involve electoralism because it is coming through the state legislature and educate people about it 
talk to them about the problems, talk about the dynamics between the Republicans and the Democrats as it relates to that specific thing, why the Democrats aren't going to save us and why we need, you know, a working class party, because I think that's just, you know, again, if you're taking a realistic appraisal of the system at this time, the people that there's a ton of people that aren't involved in politics at all, but a lot of like people that at least are paying attention are still involved at that level of like maybe voting for somebody. And I do think that is like a reality that we have to deal with a little bit here. So you still have to be able to use that venue to at least radicalize, not support the fucking, you know, blue MAGA or whatever, but use it as a platform to speak to people, reach the working class, et cetera. I was going to basically say that I was basically going to say that except through the lens of like, if you want to talk about it in terms of Leninists, uh, you know, there were a few Dumas w- under the czar before everybody got fed up and said no more. Like, th- there m- maybe voting is bullshit, but there is a process for a, a mass of people realizing it's bullshit. Um, Australia is kind of lucky. Australia is kind of lucky in the sense that we do have like we do have like Marxist Leninist parties who run in like federal elections, and that's because uh, our system's set up differently from yours. Um, and they're theoretically capable of getting like small seats where they can actually influence people. Like our Greens party, they're not Marxist Leninists, they're capitalists, but they're the furthest left, the biggest third party that we have. And they currently hold like a significant number of seats and they can actually influence. They've, they've actually formed coalitions with the Labour Party where they've theoretically been able to push the Labour Party left um, on some specific things. It never amounts to very much, but um, yeah. But at the same time, you can run. At the same time, we have Marxist, full-on Marxist-Leninist parties that run in elections. You can actually go to an election and vote for them at the federal level, and that's that's who I vote for. Whoever's yeah, running. Like, what what happens if uh, they get elected to any office higher than the bin man decider, and uh, they try to actually institute some kind of material benefit? They get fucking cooed. We did a whole episode about it with you, like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my point. That was my point earlier. Is they um Sorry. and they once they get into once they get into office, um, if you control a couple of seats, um, if the one of the major parties, let's say the Labour Party, controls both houses, they're not going to listen to like some minor party that has a couple of seats because they can push through their legislation regardless. So really, the only thing you need you can do is if the cross it's called the crossbench, which is. The crossbench is the group of like independents and like left wing and right wing independents who can actually swing a vote on legislation either way. If the party in power doesn't have a majority in both houses, they need to go to the crossbench and entice them to vote for it. So theoretically, you would think that would work out better. Um, but in in effect, what it ends up doing is it might just mean like a couple of little concessions on like, they'll rewrite like one little aspect of the bill. They'll be like, all right, we'll kill half as many poor people this year um, <sighs> as like a, as a bone to, we'll throw that as a little bone to the, to the greens or something. It's a, the, the end result is still the same decline and decay and, you know, the privatization of all our assets, but they will, they will throw a bone if they have to in, in, in some regard. Um, but otherwise, they will, they'll just fucking ignore them. And um, just one, one other thing as well is our voter turnout is, like, much higher than yours because we've le- it's, like, legislated that it's mandatory to vote. Um, and if you don't, you get, like, a $100 fine. 
But even Oof. then, our voter turnout's like 90%. So it's like 10% of people just seem to just not give a fuck about paying $100. <laughs> so it's like, that that probably should be like a symbol for how much our uh, people believe in democracy, that they're willing to... Uh, that's a real protest statement right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, a real... I would pay $100 to not have to do this bullshit. Basically. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, going to fund the government to not like... support the government. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that crossbench sounds a lot like the U.S. House and Senate when they're doing the filibuster shit. Like Pelosi's has to, all that shit. It sounds very familiar to how the U.S. fucking bills get passed and whatnot, and it's a exhausting waste of time. They could have codified it yeah. before it was even in like contention, but. No, and 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 now that after it's been overthrown, people are saying they should have codified it. They could have at any point in time. They just chose not to. Yep. No, you don't understand. There was always some random fucking reason they couldn't <laughs> get to it this time. We we actually don't have filibusters because we can um our speaker of either house can actually tell politicians to shut the fuck up and let the <laughs> other one speak. So it's like All right, fucking, I'm moving to Australia. Yeah, yeah, we have this thing called we have this thing called question time, which is the funniest thing in the world. It's like a televised parliament. It's televised parliament that's on once a week, and it's just them yelling at each other. And um, it's just the whole time. It's like the the speech being like, "Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker," and then the speaker of the house being like, "Will the member from f- uh, fucking fuckaloo sit the fuck down, please? Will you like, please shut up?" <laughs> yeah. Order, order in the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's going on, Declan? Welcome. Guys. Uh, Nick, you had something a while back. Do you still remember? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it all still ties in because, you know, we've been talking a lot about Pennsylvania, but I think just to kind of tie it all into this conversation, I think the Senate and the governor's race really just encapsulates kind of the state of this fight, quote unquote, between the Democrats and the Republicans, right? So we've got... On the governor's side, we've got this guy named um, Josh Shapiro running on the Democratic ticket, right? And he was—he's been the attorney general, and he's just, just milk toast, um, neoliberal. You know, I mean, I've just literally all the used that shit. word to describe him. What's that? I've literally used that word to I mean, describe that, him. I think that's the best way to describe it. You know what I mean? And it's probably even nicer than what we should use to describe these fucking people, because you know, he, he, does, for him. he does the whole. Um, you know, lip service to trans rights, um, invi- the environment, et cetera, et cetera, right? And the only thing that he's got going for him is, you know, just basically vetoing any anti-abortion <laughs> legislation that comes through our, you know, super red, red in the bad way, um, state legislature, you know? Um, and that's all he's got. So again, they're just holding us hostage with the same neoliberal policies. They're trying to hold people hostage with the same neoliberal policies, um, just using, you know, protecting abortion rights, you know? Um, and to make that worse on the other side, we've got Doug Mastriano, who is, you know, again, he's a MAGA guy. He's donated to like these alt-right, like groups before shit like that. Like, you know, I've seen the Christo fascist description of him before. Right. But following, you know, what Clinton did with Trump, the Shapiro campaign is actually has actually given the Mastriano campaign money, you know, to advertise with the same strategy, thinking that, oh, he'll be, you know, too extreme 
Um, and it'll just make our position look better because this guy's a whack job. And it's just like these people don't fucking it's learn. A crazy and tactic. they're playing and they're playing with and they're playing with your rights is what they're doing more than anything, right? If they're that fucking serious, if they're that fucking serious about it, then why are they even playing with that kind of fire? You know what I mean? And they haven't learned yet. And I think Pelosi got up there because it's a tactic that's they're not just using in Pennsylvania, they're using it across the country. I mean, it's from like a cent- it's a centralized strategy, these fucking dumbasses. You know, and Pelosi had the gall, the temerity yeah. to get up there and defend it the other day. And it's like, I don't know, when are we when are we going to learn about these people? Um, so that's the situation here. You know, we've got, you know, status quo and, you know, a Trump Republican guy. And I think the Senate is, you know, just it, it's it's representative of everything in like a slightly different way, because you've got, you know, Dr. Oz, multimillionaire, doesn't even live in the state. You know, snake oil salesman harmed people with like false medical, uh, m- false medicines, you know, like did he end up having his medical license stripped? Cause he nearly did. Did he? I don't know. He, he's a bastard. But then on the other side, you know, we've got John Fetterman who I think he had like, when I was just getting into like socialism a couple years back, he had me a little fooled, you know what I mean? Because he has that like working class aesthetic. But as soon as you dive into it a little bit, I mean, he's just a neoliberal in a Carhartt, you know, that's, that's all he really is. Um, he is the mayor. Of what are Braddock. the, um, what are the hot button issues? Cause I have just not been paying attention. Um, but I imagine that there's gotta be some hot button things that they're both doing regarding. It's probably about trans people. It's probably about like gay, uh, book readings or something at the library or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's probably about something like that because I think the overall point with a lot of these elections is that, they are resorting to those because neither party is going to meaningfully change anything economically for anybody. They're not going to like lower the prices of your gas and your groceries or your rent. They're not going to like do anything about the fed fucking up your, your rent and your mortgage either, but they will point out the boogeyman on the other side of like the January 6th uh, guy that um, lives next door to you and is not getting prosecuted or, you know, the fucking gay wedding cake that lives next door to you or something. If you're, the republicans i don't know like what are, what are some of like the the spicier takes from either side i mean i don't know if it's if i can even get to that because i think the whole point that i wanted to make was that this is purely like just fucking aesthetics at this point you know what i mean like they both That's, try yeah. to present themselves as like standing for the working class like imagine fucking dr oz coming across as a you know a representative as someone that's going to take care of the working class right and you know Fetterman might have like the image down a little bit better, but you know, he's down here. Obama was campaigning with him in Pittsburgh um, a couple days ago. I mean, so again, he is nothing outside of this order and they have abandoned the working class, the democratic party. They did a long time ago, So it's just purely about aesthetics. You know, they all speak to about, you know, cutting taxes. It's the same shit. It's the, to your point earlier about how I don't, it's hard to see how this is the abortion most important too. thing out, yeah, outside of abortion or whatever. But it's just the same talking points over and over and over again. And it's kind of funny because the Republicans, from what I've seen, not just in this race, but in like the local, the more local races as well, they're trying to be the ones to frame themselves as like the bipartisan worker. You know what I mean? They're able to kind of get shit done, reach across the aisle and all this kind of shit. It's, it's just, it's really funny. But. I don't know. I, was hoping... I think the point is that there's no there's no real substance here and there's no difference between anything that we've seen in the past, you know? I was hoping that uh, somebody was going to have like a, like one side or the other was going to have a hot take on like the litter boxes in schools or something. 
since that seems to like still fucking make the rounds, even though it was like obviously debunked. I don't know. If we never real... talked about it on here, did we? Was that real? So was well, that real? I mean, okay. It real in the in what sense? Like, no, there were not litter boxes in schools. Yes, there were Republicans claiming that people identified as cats, and therefore schools had to. Oh litter my boxes. god! You know it sucks to be a Republican <laughs> so, when I mean, you're talking to I'm sorry, but the one big thing is like the defund the police. You know, I mean, it's nothing as crazy as that, but they're still hammering like, oh, he wants to let like they'll say about. Family, oh yeah, like, he wants to let all the criminals out of the prisons, etc. And then. Fetterman will get on, you know, get on a commercial talking about how he's got the backing of police forces. So it's like, okay. <laughs> Way to talk yourself um, out of one vote there, bud. Yeah. <laughs> if I, yeah, let me do like the, if I can, the 30 second take on the litter boxes and then also the letting criminals out of jails, because that's a big one. That's also a misleading uh, fake news kind of thing that the right does. Mm -hmm. But the litter boxes was literally just that a lot of schools have protocols now where they have to buy uh, bags of litter and I think like tents or something and keep them in classrooms uh, in case that there is a mass shooting and yep. they have to be locked down in a classroom for several hours at a time. Kids are going to need to go to the bathroom. So they have to have like a bucket and then like a little curtain that they could set up around it. So some kids can actually do it in some privacy mm -hmm. and then litter to dump on it to like, you know, what do you call it? Diffuse the smell and you know, absorb so it. Tolerate. Yeah. So the pe people can tolerate being locked in that room after that. So it actually makes sense. But of course the right, having seen a result of the failure of their own policy to be able to address mass shootings in any meaningful way, then has to take this and run with it and say that this is for kids who identify as cats. Cats. And uh, even with no, with no evidence whatsoever, and that's what they're doing, and they're running with it, and now it's got as high as Joe Rogan, who now says it on his show, uh, totally unironically, just knowing that it's fake news, and it's just like, I don't know. And what was the oh, other yeah, one that said oh, the, the bail reform? Uh, What's that like in? Sorry. I said all that meat went to his brain. <laughs> yeah. Also, I just looked up the AP News article. Um, With things like abortion and gun control, they're both wedge issues. Like, most Americans agree that, like, abortion should be legal and we need to do something somehow on gun control to, like, stop the mass shootings in some shape way of form, but the Democratic Party and the Republicans keep acting like it's this big, gigantic point of contention that everybody's so divided on. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what they do. I think it's funny that the allegedly richest country in the world is putting litter boxes in classrooms. Fucking for, insane. Yeah, for kids to shit in during a mass shooting. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, the American number one, baby. <laughs> but you see why addressing what, the real issue the there would be, again? like, detrimental. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so awesome. it's, much, it's much more advantageous for them to make up a fake story about it that they can use in their culture war than to address the real reality of their country absolutely collapsing in front of their eyes, the fact that they have to resort to this measure. But uh, I like, you, you were about to talk about jail, like, letting people out of jail. You were talking about bail reform, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to explain that, it, but uh, it, I, th I saw the word had something, too. I wanted to see what it was, though. Oh, I was just going to say, like, real quick that, like, litter is pretty common in, like, janitorial service for cleaning up vomit as well. So, like, it's not anything really new in janitorial yeah. services. No, it's almost like they're reaching for a story that isn't one, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all they do. <laughs> but the so, yeah, the bail thing. reform thing is just to let people out of prison when they are being held uh, pre-trial. As in, like, you've been arrested, yeah. 
You are not a convict. You have not been tried or convicted of anything. You are an innocent person. And a lot of times people can't afford to remain in jail from the time of their arrest to the time of their trial, which could be weeks, months. It could be whatever time frame. And it doesn't make sense for you to rot in jail and then miss out on income, probably lose your living situation and your job and everything. Uh, people need to get out, usually on some small amount of bail, if it's like a petty crime or whatever. And there have been such a minuscule, like astronomically small amount of cases where somebody who got out on bail then committed another crime in that time frame, which is what the Republicans are harping on as this letting dangerous people, quote unquote, out of jail, who then go and commit more crimes and raise the crime rating community. They're again making up a problem that isn't one because they need to demonize their opponents who are trying to do something, even if it's marginally good. It is like well, a minuscule uh, effort to just let some people out of prison or let some people out of county jail before their trial so they can work. Ahead, On its face, it's a fucking hilarious because the reasoning is it's better that everyone's in jail than risk someone committing a crime. <laughs> yeah, it's, right? it's absolutely wild. And unfortunately, um, the Young Tugs are also playing into that card. Um and Kip Kasperian was like going on some rant on is a viral t Twitter video of them releasing. Um, I think it was somebody who wasn't convicted of assault, but was charged. And she was saying, oh, like you're, you're letting rapists out on the streets and shit. There was a whole citations needed episode on it. And like, That's a good they're episode supposed to be progressive. Yeah. They're supposed to be progressive, but they're over here spewing this shit against bail reforms and like advocating for putting fines on poor people's for this slave system in prisons it's ridiculous damn um the the other thing with that bail reform thing as well is like i, I remember a couple of years ago i read this article that was about how if you've already been put in prison because you couldn't pay your bail there's a much larger chance of you being convicted of that crime because you when you show up to your when you show up to your court date in prison attire basically i'm not sure if you show up in oh, a prison yeah. attire but it is known to the jury that you are currently in you came from a prison for the for the trial so psychologically basically what that does because a jury is just a bunch of fucking people from the public like they're not you know they're just a bunch of people from the public what that does is just plants in the jury's mind is that like oh this guy did it because he's already in prison. That's the like yeah. link that you kind of make. So it's like a it's like a snowball effect in that sense. So it's like if you if you actually want uh, less people in prison, which of course they don't, but if you if you did, and you did the bail reform thing, it would also result in less people getting incarcerated as well, like convicted of of the crimes or whatever. But it's pretty clear what their actual motive is, you know. <laughs> There's yeah. also the factor that if you don't have the money to pay bail and like get out, you're a lot more likely to accept a plea deal and yeah. plead to a charge even if you're innocent and maybe do time or maybe just get out because you've accepted the deal, but like it's it forces a lot of false convictions. Don't they do that with the death penalty as well? They'll be like, "Well, you can do a plea oh, deal yeah. or you can take this to trial and possibly get the death penalty." And in that situation, even if you're innocent, what are you gonna are you gonna risk dying of fucking lethal injection or some shit? Like yeah, or are you alive? Or at least you're alive. So yeah. that that's another thing as well with plea deals. And the problem with having like a, a death I have a friend going through that right now, actually. Oh, oh really? Yeah. That's yeah. Very we, don't have, we don't have the death penalty here. So we don't his, have his plea his plea offer was seventeen years. Ugh. Ugh. God damn it.
Ugh. I don't want to ask what he did. I don't want you to dox yourself or your friend or anything, but Jesus. Just well, he, actually, he did do it, but he it was it was self defense. Uh, oh, okay. Well, hopefully he wouldn't take system sucks. <laughs> um so we got about ten minutes left. I wanted to see if anybody else had any other things that were related to what we talked about so far. Otherwise we can try and bring up something else entirely. I don't know, we could spend a couple minutes talking about any number of things, talk about <laughs> Paul Pelosi getting hit with a hammer. He might he might be recovered by now. <laughs> We could drag that one out for another week. Oh, He's already out of the hospital, tragically. Yeah. I don't, that blows my mind that he was fine. Like, somebody else on another podcast had that same take. They're like, how the fuck is this dude 80? And he he gets like, he gets stoned with a hammer and he's okay. And then, like, anybody else, like, they just trip and fall and they just die. Like, the adrenochrome, dude. My hypothesis? As a general rule, the worst people will survive everything. That seems to be the way. Kissinger, man. Yeah, my An hypothesis asshole. is that when you're when you're rich, you have a lot less stress, so your health tends to be higher. It's why the queen lived to be what ninety nine. It's fucking absurd. Oh. Like being poor is just extremely stressful. It's bad for your health, both physically and mentally. So I think that's why old people that are super wealthy live longer because they I mean, don't. They got good health too. That yeah, that don't too. Get it wrong. <laughs> that's a big part. But, but yeah, when obviously. life ain't taking any sort of toll on you. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Rick had to go. So, say, so, uh, every plug, uh, Decolonized Buffalo, Rich, check that out. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, did you also know the Queen of England had like seven cocktails a day? That was like what I had read what that she drank that much. Like, she started at like brunch or something. I would have like that many throughout the day. I'm like, that's cool. I actually, the crime of colonialism way heavy, man. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I can get sauced every day. What else are you going to do? You have that much money, you don't have a real job. What the fuck are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Sit around and drink. Like, I don't know. How many ceremonies are there to attend? Exactly. So many. Jesus you Christ. Tr- you have troops I mean, to shake I don't have or... any ceremonies or money, and that's still me on some days. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nick, I wanted to ask you if you had any more, uh, anything more clickbaity from the Federman and Oz stuff, because, uh, I don't know, man. I feel like there is some material there. Like, I just feel like... And I, I could be biased just because of the location that I'm in and seeing the media that I just casually see. But I feel like that one in particular is a race that is getting a lot of national attention because it is so, like, dramatic and because there's just a lot of headlines generated. Like, Mastriano is um, noticeably, like, a QAnon, like, far-right nut. Yeah, and, like, I mean, he Oz was, like, there's like, pictures of him in, like, a Confederate uniform and shit like that. Like, he's, he's a fucking, like, psycho, you know? There's no doubt yeah. about it. Um, Oz is going full, and- like blatant entitlement he is running in a he has no qualifications and he's running in a state that he doesn't live in he just feels like i'm famous i deserve this that's all i seem that way right dr oz like it yeah Yeah. that's like that dr oz my biggest gripe with him is why the fuck is he called dr oz for starters (laughs) where's he from is he from (laughs) australia no he isn't get fucked cunt what are you doing what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, have, you have an incorrect I, name. Call yourself Doctor Yank or some bullshit. You fucking asshole. Uh, I love that you picked like the eighth most objectionable, th- most objectionable thing about him, and went with that. Just yeah. so- I thought he was Kiwi. Is he Australian? I thought he was uh, Kiwi. No, I he was Kiwi from New Zealand. Oh, what? he's Turkish. Yeah. Okay. He's Turkish. Oh, us. Yeah. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Damn. Wait, why is that funny? 
<laughs> no, because Jared, Jared, always, Jared always talks about Turkish people in the Discord. So. Oh, yeah, that has been a thing all, all this week. it's been a it's been a bit it's uh look the turks and australians are natural enemies it's well known (laughs) (laughs) that's funny i mean i guess for the uninitiated that has been a thing all week in the discord just real quick like we have uh comrade kebab who hangs out a lot and they're turkish and i am now turk leftist that's my name in, uh, (laughs) in, in the discord there and it's just been an ongoing bit about this imaginary feud between Turks and everybody else. So it's been kind of fun. So that's why yeah. right, you have Nick? No, I just, just with respect to Fetterman, um, it's funny because I think he really rose to such prominence by being online. You know, like I really think that he really grew to popularity oh. by, you know, fighting with, you know, the MAGA, MAGA governors like in Texas about the election and shit like that. You know, like Felix on uh, Chapo called him John Reddit man the other day. And I thought that was like really good, you know, because he is just like if you look at like the tweets he puts out, it's just like very, very online. And I think he's just cultivated this kind of persona um and it's just funny that he did it through like twitter reddit but you know he again he's just a neoliberal in a car heart that's all it is um, i feel like he was further left not necessarily to say like hard I'll left but like I i'll think tell you what no he so he, i know for a fact that he applied when he was running for the lieutenant governor i know for a fact he applied for the uh, endorsement of the local dsa Pittsburgh are you the DSA? one who told me this story i've been telling people and this and trying to remember who it and, was and they did they, they they didn't endorse him. Um so take that for, you know, any kind oh, of Oh wait, were you not the one who told his... me why? I don't think I was. Do you know why? I have a I think there's a couple of reasons, but somebody told me and I don't know if this is completely true that he went for the DSA endorsement and their protocol is that you need to come in and give a speech to the the crowd and like say your piece and he was like insulted or took umbrage that they like he needed to like justify himself to them and so he wouldn't come in to speak and they wouldn't endorse him yeah well and i know like specifically to that point like he got challenged um for his support of a couple like we could i guess we could call them like moderate democrats that had some like questionable you know voting records when it comes to progressivism and things like that and people challenged him directly on some of his support for you know some of these like local politicians and i think to what you're saying brandon he kind of like doubled down and got a little hostile so like i mean my point is that he, he couldn't even get dsa and i know a lot of folks in pittsburgh dsa um there's some like really radical people you know the organ the national organization aside but that's just that's just the point there that he's not really that progressive. I think yeah, it's, if, you, um, if you can't get the DSA endorsement. Yeah, I think it's interesting how your this isn't really a phenomenon here. It's like, it seems to be like a uniquely American thing, where it's like your uh, po- like mainstream political culture is increasingly becoming filled with more and more like celebrities who are going from they're making the jump from whatever they're famous for into. It used to be you would you go from like. Uh, you would go from being a musician or like a sports star to being in movies or something. But now it seems like you go from being in movies to be going into a different kind of theater, uh, which is uh, politics instead. <laughs> so it's like, it's it's yeah. funny, your, your whole po- political system, there's no like substance to it and it's entirely entertainment and you yeah. can't like pass yeah. anything or change anything. 
So at that point, it is like, well, why not just have fucking Dr. Oz be the uh, president? Or, like, <laughs> president Dude, it's, it's tragic because it's like watching a movie where you have yeah. no impact over the outcome except in a world where the outcome affects you. Yeah. So I think yeah, like, Kanye, Kanye West is going to be oh, a God. United States president. Oh, eventually. no. He's going <laughs> to run against oh, The Rock. Lord. Yeah, he's going to be running against going to bring up Jakob again. Fucking Jakob. <laughs> Jakob Jesus yeah, yeah. fucking Christ. Him yeah, and Kyrie. Kyrie's gonna be the VP. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna, it's gonna be um fucking Kanye Rest will be running with Trump as his running mate against Yakub. And they will it'll be it'll be fucking amazing. I can't wait. I need Hotep so much. Yeah, and that this is like the vac like this is the vacuum that opens up when no one has anything to offer to the working class, right? It's pure mm. fucking spectacle. And it's because neither one of these parties can do anything. They're all beholden to capitalism and imperialism, right? So there's nothing left but the culture war, putting your fucking yard sign out there to compete with your neighbors and shit like that. That's all you have. And you can feel good about, you know, being on a team that won, being on the team that owned the libs, being on the team that, you know, resisted the, you know, resisted MAGA, right? That's all you have, but it is not going to fundamentally affect your material conditions on a national level at this point. Finally, remember, Nick, what I wanted to say about Fetterman, which encapsulates this perfectly. It's the most obvious moment of politics only being good for entertainment because they are completely captured by capital. And it's Fetterman when they asked him about his stance on fracking before and his stance on fracking now, and he totally blanks. I'm not even going to bother trying to pull it up. Everybody can just yeah. look it up on YouTube. Just look up John Fetterman blanks fracking because they asked him a question. They just said, look, your stance on fracking before was uh, you were against it because it's bad for the environment and it's obviously just bad for the waterways and everything. Like There's noticeable damage. And then recently you changed your stance and now you support fracking because it creates jobs or whatever. And I don't even think they asked him that flesh out of a question. They just basically asked him, like, what is, why does your stance a complete flip-flop from what it was just a couple of years ago? And it is obvious that the moneyed interest got to him, and he had to flip-flop because mm -hmm. otherwise he's not going to get this huge section of people who are voting to keep their jobs. And he yeah. just had no response. He just, it was just like, um, uh, like, literally just nothing. It was fucking mind-blowing, dude. Like, on live TV, it was crazy. Yeah. yeah. No, and, like, you know just to the other points that you know they all get captured at some level it's like i went back because i wanted to see what he had said about ukraine um and there wasn't a whole lot in terms of recent output from him on that subject but i did find a tweet from i think it was back in march so i guess just after everything kind of took off and it was like you know just the same line it's like we need to help the people of ukraine resist you know Putin's aggression, give them everything that they need. You know what I mean? It's like, come oh, the fuck on. These people are no different, you know? Yeah. I, like, this is uh, a slight deviation, but just like some surreal psycho shit that I want to fucking address. I heard, like, I, I was listening to like Spotify or something and an ad came on and it was to vote. Now, it wasn't for like Betterman, Oz, anything else. It was just to vote. But they included the fact that while who you vote for remains private, whether or not you vote is a matter of public knowledge and that you should vote because you should think about the repercussions of like what your friends, your peers, bosses, so on and so forth should think about you. Yeah, I've seen those yeah. a few times as well. I'm sorry, am I the only one that thinks that that's like real creepy fucked up? 
Oh yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely one. fucked up. I don't know why they're doing it for midterms. They got Billie Eilish doing her ad runs that she did last term. Mm-hmm. Like it's midterms. Why are you acting? Because this is going to be the most expensive election ever to date. Yeah. It's because it's a fucking <laughs> business now. It is a money generating operation for the DNC, for their advertisers, for their consultants and shit like that. And everyone is going to be important and receive this level of attention and, you know, airwaves because of how much money that it actually generates for all these different apparatuses that they have structured around these two fucking parties. You guys even get a sausage sandwich when you vote. You even get what? that. You don't get a what? sausage, a sausage sandwich? sandwich. You are making what? this up, Jared. What? <laughs> yeah, we get we get when you vote in Australia. There's like there's at voting stalls. There's guys with barbecue barbecues like Barbie set up, and they're cooking sausages and onions and put it a, a bit of bread. You War, get a he's sausage fucking sandwich, with us again, right? You get a Is that like a McGriddle? Like what's sausage sandwich? Uh, do it's they have sausage. vegan options? On a bit of bread, yeah, they do now because of those woke. <laughs> uh, those woke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm Before the I believed it, now I don't. Cultural institution, and these woke <laughs> liberals have come in and they've got rid of the sausage sandwich and they replaced it with the vegan sandwich. <laughs> I believed them until there was a vegan option. But, but you know what? We don't have. Sorry, Mike. Did you have something? No, no. Go ahead. Yeah. No, so we don't have that. What we have is. Um, militia members though like guarding polling places or guarding you know ballot boxes so it's almost like in a funny funny fucking way like the far right is more lost in the electoralism sauce than the liberals i mean they are taking this shit super fucking seriously and i think that we should take that as evidence that you know because we're living in capital in a capitalist system right now how closely the how closely fascism is related to it, right? Because you certainly can progress into fascism within this system, right? You can't vote in you certainly can't vote in communism, but you can degenerate because fascism is just a de- degeneration of capitalist bourgeois systems, Holy, right? And like these people can see the mechanisms to get there, and they're taking it fucking seriously. Like I, I was just talking to Steve; he was in Arizona. He's got family down there, and. um he said there's people like walking around with, you know, fucking ARs like around like ballot drop boxes and shit like that because they're trying to stop the fucking steal again. You know, it's some crazy shit. Yeah. Do those militias, do they, um, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but those militias, do they ever turn people away? Cause I know there's like a history in the US of certain individuals from certain uh, organizations who dress as ghosts. Who turn away, like who make sure, like yeah, um, who make sure black people literally what they're there for. Yeah, yeah they literally what they're there for. Is yeah, does that happen? Does does it actually yeah. turn people away when militias are out the front of voting booths? Does it actually? It's the whole point. Turn... Yeah, yeah I mean, it... if you see a bunch of white guys with guns, yeah, I don't know about you, but I'm not fucking with that at the polls. Interesting. That's also that's why they fucking... like to claim that mail voting is fraudulent. Because the you know obviously that's going to be a reasonable option if you feel intimidated just to go vote you're going to vote by mail and so of course their next response is to claim that all the mail-in votes are fraud are fraudulent and Chinese or whatever but I mean to the point earlier about people being able to see your voting or not as a matter of public record it's like I would be I would just counter that with be like yeah these fascists are obviously taking this seriously I'd be more scared for them to see that I voted in general having known the rest of my political leanings from other things that they can glean from like my online presence or whatever, 
and then just assuming yeah. that I voted for a Democrat, which they then have made a crime and are going to put me in a camp. It's like, please, liberals, just imagine that you actually believe your own rhetoric about how dangerous these people are and then treat them accordingly, which means you're going to have to do something other than fucking voting. Like, if you actually yeah. believe that these guys are fascists who are out to take your rights, you know, through the political system, then you should also use political means to prevent them from being able to do that. And if that means passing some meaningful legislation while the Democrats are in power, then it should be that. If that means arresting everyone who's a fucking Republican because they're making clear that they are dangerous to your society, then you should fucking do that. But don't tell me on one side of your mouth that these people are the dangerous fascists that you say they are, and then tell me that your solution to that is to fucking vote for Democrats. Because I don't believe you. I just cannot fucking take you seriously when that yeah. is your stance anymore. And I'm I'm fine to wrap it up there unless anybody else has any other points that they want to make. But that's my stance on voting. Like you just it can't be both ways. Yeah, they would say if you're using political violence, it's author authoritarianism and authoritarianism bad in the liberal mind, even though it's self defense if you're doing it right and it turns to centralism in its best forms, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And when it comes to the right, like they're all like, oh, yeah, we don't want authority, but, like, they love using authority. <laughs> oh, yeah, they um, love and, it. And, like, they don't care about getting called out on their hypocrisy about it. No, yeah. they love the boot. They love it. Yeah. All right, well, let's wrap it up. One last thing I'm going to plug is that uh, I'm going to start doing some, uh, I mentioned in the Discord earlier, I'm going to start doing some React videos where we're going to, like, get together some of the Discord kids and we'll watch some, like, right-winger YouTube content and react to it. And Hell yeah! And I think that'll be some, I think be, and one that I want to start with is uh, that guy who has a video, Why Does This Happen? And it's uh, an arrow pointing from the lib right center of the quadrant of the political compass to the alt-right portion. And this is this guy's Anglo, uh, something Anglo libertarian or Anglo something. It apparently has an mm. explanation for why people it's move from the libertarian right. We know, that, we know that he's an Anglo. Like, it's pretty. Yeah, <laughs> I know. yeah. But that's like his channel name. So that's the first one that I would like to watch because I want to see their take on it because I obviously have some ideas about why that happens. But um, everybody, yeah, please check out the Intervention Podcast. Please check out Cars and Comrades Podcast. Obviously, check out Turn Leftist. Uh, check out Jared in the Discord. He hangs out there a lot. Check out Declan. Right. They hang out a lot. Declan, do you want to plug anything? Oh, yeah, something, right? Uh, no, I just want hey, to uh, Ward, I love your hat, and it was very relevant to uh, the last thing we were just talking about. <laughs> oh, thanks. Oh, and cool. uh, and like as well. It. What is it? Yeah, hello. Oh, well, the good no, no, shit. Cool. Sticker, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Or patch, rather. Cool. That Dorner right. tactical. Right. Yeah. So, so we'll see you at the polls on Tuesday. Yeah, I'll vote. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll cut it there. Gonna be done <laughs> Thanks, everyone. See ya. Yeah. Take care, you guys. See you next week.